Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Friday PM. Let's talk about it. As you can hear, I'm not alone here in the studio. The rest of the team are behind the cameras because this is a slightly different episode where we have an interview that was taken earlier this year with Jan Green from British Christian TV interviewing our very own Charlene. And Charlene shares her testimony of where God has brought her from to where she is today. And I know you're going to be mightily blessed. Stay tuned and enjoy. Hello, it's good to be with you today with another fascinating My Story. And as you see, we're not in the studio, we're out in the garden on a beautiful September afternoon. And it's my pleasure today to welcome Charlene Cook, a member of Vine Song. Welcome, Charlene. Thank you, Jan. <laughs> it's just lovely to have you here. Thank you. I first met you in 2003, I think, when you came on board with Vine Song. We've known Vine Song for very many years, and it's always a pleasure to see the new members that come in. But I think you started off with Vine Song somehow, didn't you, in your early years? Tell us about that. Yes, I did. I was actually four years old. My sister was two. And my parents, my mom and dad and my aunt, were the first team of Vine Song with John in South Africa when Vine Song started in 1982. Then Vine Song came over to England. My parents stayed behind and right. I started school at the age of six. Lovely. So I grew up in South Africa. Tell us about your own upbringing because it must have been difficult travelling and difficult in a Christian family. So did you stay with it all your life? What happened? Well, I, I must say I never found it difficult. I, uh, as a child, you, you just adapt. And uh, I have fond memories of my time in Vine Song. Um, few that I have and uh, always when Vinesong after that came to South Africa we would you know hook up with John John would call and say we're in in South Africa and uh, we would see Uncle John never ever ever in my life did I ever think that I would be in this ministry and so we grew up uh, very ordinary although uh, my dad was an itinerant minister and he moved around South Africa ministering. And so we moved around with him. I ended up in eight different schools. Oh, that's uh, So, yes. I, funny enough, even to this day, I, I think back, I don't think I found it very difficult. The Lord made it. He had a grace on us. Mm. And I did find it difficult to make friends. Uh, yes. I, I struggled a lot with uh, making friends and Felt very insecure, grew up in my teenage years, uh, struggled a lot with uh, rejection. I had real daddy issues, and that's something I have a real compassion for young girls. So, Charlene, how did you come into music yourself? It was part of my life. My mother was a cabaret singer when she was, uh, you know, young, and yeah. incredible testimony of how Jesus appeared to her in a room. Wow. She had an incredible testimony of meeting Jesus. And never knowing that I would inherit her gift. I actually want to say talent because your talent becomes a gift if you wash it in the blood of Jesus. Amen. Yeah. And at that time I had a talent. And so in high school, as I grew older, I realized I had a 
talent for singing. And I was doing that and realized I, I don't have much of a very intelligent brain to go and study further. And I realized, well, if God had given me this talent to sing, I'll, I'll, I'll go and study music. And I studied music after school. Uh, the Lord miraculously healed me from asthma as a child. Uh -huh. Incredible bad asthma I had. And so I knew God was real. I had to find him myself though. Yes. I really had to find him. So I was very much with one foot in the world and one foot in the church and struggled with a lot of rejection, as I said, uh, really tried to find myself. I had no idea who I was, no idea who I was. Very hurt from rejection from my dad and um, which, thank God, found great healing in a miraculous way. Started pursuing a career in, in music and um, did a lot of shows. Yeah. And um, by the time I was about, I was 23, um, basically my ship had come in. There was a big show that was coming in. It was called Blondes and uh, where there would be four frontline singers mm. and we, we would do a show and I went for the auditions and got got the job. But at that time I was very, very uh, in turmoil. Um, I was really living a real worldly life and found love in guys and um, went to church but lived such a worldly life and I was very depressed. I wasn't fulfilled. And um, I was actually at one stage very lonely. I would, you know, you, you have gigs and you'd be, you know, up there and then you don't have gigs for a couple of months and you just sit. And I just sat and I, I used to cry and cry yeah. and cry and cry, deep depression. Mm. And one day I was with a friend of mine who was an amazing singer, Natasha, um, and I, I was crying in the car and I said, why, why is God keeping me here? And she said, because he's going to take you away for a long time. And those words that she said just pierced me in here. And I knew that was prophetic. And I had no idea. I got this audition to have a show. And um, it was at that time when I realized I need to get out of this. And there was a really invisible string pulling me saying, now's the time. And at that time, my mom and dad went to a camp for a weekend with couples. The prophetess, there was a lady who was going to speak. She, she had a real prophetic anointing on her life and never knowing. I just kind of briefly met her, dropped my mom and dad off and left. And during her speaking, she saw my mom and dad in the crowd and she pointed at them and she said, please, can you stand up, James and Sylvia Twine? And she said, you have a daughter and God wants to tell you that I have allowed your daughter to make a turn in the world, but I will take her out like I did Moses and I will place her in front of nations and stages of the nations. And my mother just, you know, I knew that she must have been really touched because she'd been on her knees for me. Yeah. She'd been in that lifestyle mm. and she knew what kind of lifestyle yes, I was living. Of course. Yeah. And so at that time, that was a word. At the same time, I was feeling a pull 
not knowing what this pull is. And I thought, well, how can I get out of South Africa? this insatiable feeling I need to leave South Africa. I've just messed up. My mom was reading a book at that moment from um, Rick Joyner. And I thought, well, let me check Rick Joyner out. He's, he's got a Bible school. Mm. And ended up applying to go and just immerse myself in a Bible school yes. and, and go and do that because this is not working. I would just wanted to be the next Celine Dion, you know, I wanted to make a lot of money and fame. But the Lord had other plans. Yes. And I applied for Bible school. I had no money to go. I had no idea what I was doing, but the Lord knew what he was doing. And finally, I got accepted. But I'll have to just backtrack a little because before that, I had got the audition for the big show. Yes. And I was driving to the first rehearsal and the whole band was waiting, ready to start. And I walk in and I s heard myself saying to the manager, I'm sorry, but I'm going to be in America soon to go to Bible school and I will not be able to finish my contract. Wow. What and sort of reaction did you get to that? Yeah, they were not happy. I'm sure. They were not very happy. This is the secular world, so they, yeah. you know, they tell you what they feel. Yes. And I, I left there. I walked to the car and it felt like I was walking into darkness. Mm-hmm. I'd left everything behind that I knew. I knew everything about showmanship. I knew everything about singing. And I was walking away from that. Everything I knew. And I walked to the car and I felt like I was walking into a dark tunnel. And I thought, what have I done? And I just, you know, I had to just, I couldn't go back. Drove home a month later. I heard that the show was running. They were fully booked. Yeah. Uh, every night was, was you know, um, full house. And my aunt actually called me one night. She said, Jolene, let's go and see that show of yours that you were going to be part of. And as we were eating before we went, she said, how could you? How could you have said no? How could you have? Really? Yeah. Oh, that must have felt yeah. like another rejection so, in a way. Yeah. Mm. So I entered going into show with that in my mind, yeah. thinking, how could you? And I watched the show and it was so successful and I knew I could have done with those girls. I was a showgirl. Yeah, yeah. You know, I could sing, I could, you know, I could command an audience, you know. I had an anointing, mm. but it was not meant for the world. No. And that night driving back home, I don't remember driving back. I was crying so much, I was so hysterical it was a winter, in winter, and as I stopped by our house, I got out, totally overcome, totally hysterical, and I remember in my nice clothes, lying on the ground, the dirty ground next to this fence, so we had this barbed wire fence, and I was fed up, fed up with my, my life, fed up with why am I here on this earth, for what reason? I have so much in me, so much I want to give. I looked and, and the barbed wire was quite, you know, uh, 
quite uh, sharp. And I started attempting to cut my wrist here. I just, you know, don't want to live. And many times, I, I think I took, at one, one time, I took a whole handful of vitamin pills, <laughs> thinking I wanted to commit suicide. That obviously didn't work. I just had a runny tummy for a few days. <laughs> and then this attempt, you know, the enemy was really wanting to end my life. Yes, yes. And I remember trying to cut, you know, and it's like, gosh, this is sore, you know, this is painful. <laughs> and there was a, a voice that just, you know, I just heard a voice saying, what? are you doing here, Charlene? Just get up. Just get up. Come on. And I remember feeling, yes, what am I doing here, stupid girl? Just get up and go to bed. After that night, I received an email about a week later from Rick Joyner's Bible School saying, I, I'm accepted. And I started dreaming that I was getting onto a plane to go away. And I knew it, um, and by faith, I had no money to go, nothing. I didn't know anything about visas. And at the time I was just doing a little job at my um, cousin's company, earning a little bit of student money. A week later, another email came in and they said, sorry, Charlene, but we realized we cannot accept you because we are not a recognized tertiary institution, meaning if you were to get a student visa, they would not allow you because we're not recognized. So, right. and you oh. can't study with a visitor's visa. Yes. I was back to square one and that really floored me. I remember reading that email and saying, calm down, calm down, <sighs> because I'd really struggled with very deep depression and I was <sighs> just, okay. And at that time, John and the team were on a holiday and John had returned back from South Africa, back in the office in England. And about a year or so before, I had um, become, I, I was third in a singing competition, national singing competition, and we all had a demo. Mm -hmm. recorded and my mother gave it to John when Vinesong was in South Africa and John was in the office as he told me and told our administrator June what are we going to do Carol Moabe, uh, Lashley Bob is, uh, is about to leave Vinesong and she was the lead singer for Vinesong for 12 years yeah. and he played my demo to June and June said, but what about her? And he said, well, her mother told me she's going to rejoin her. And June said to John, just call. Mm -hmm. And I just happened to be at home and pick the call up. Uh. <laughs> and answered, it was Uncle John. And I said, hi, Uncle John. And I was just saying, about to say, would you like my mom? I'll pass you to my mom. And he said, no, I want to talk to you. And I said, oh. Okay. Uh, and he said, Charlene, what are you doing now? And I said, nothing, Uncle John. I'm doing nothing. And he said, well, we have a lady who is leaving Vinesong and we've been praying for a lead singer. Will you pray about coming to join Vinesong? I didn't know what to say. 
oh, and he said, okay, let me talk to your mom. And I was just dumbfounded. I couldn't believe it. And, and I was actually, I, that night, remember being really angry with God because I felt really tossed to yes. and fro. Yes. And here I was again faced with this huge decision. And I'm going, what? Never knowing that two days later, just like the prophecy said, I would be taken out like Moses. So John calls Dan. Daniel was in Vinesong. He's a South African. He's leading the team now. And he just happened to still be in South Africa on holiday. And John called Daniel and said, won't you go and meet this girl called Charlene? Her parents were in Vinesong. And just kind of hear her heart, see where she is spiritually, and kind of do a bit of an interview and see. And as I drove to go see Daniel, audibly, I heard a voice say, you're about to meet your husband right now. And oh. I was 23. Well, at that time... That must have been a shock. <laughs> it was. It was because I was, huh? you know. <laughs> and we met. And I, I remember it was love at first sight. <laughs> I'm shaking and I'm quite a good actress. I can easily, you know, compose myself. But I couldn't. So two days later... Um, I had a ticket in my hand that Daniel's father went to go and purchase. My mom and I went to go and see his father and his mother, and they handed me the ticket, never Amazing. knowing I was meeting my future parents-in-law. <laughs> my mom and my mom-in-law oh, immediately it. connected, yeah. became prayer warriors for Dan yeah. and I, yeah. and prayed us together. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't God neat? For want of a better word, I mean, he has everything orchestrated and it's just coming into his timing. That's I mean, a lovely, lovely story. So where did you first go with Song? My first tour was to Germany and Holland. Mm -hmm. I had to learn to sing in German and Dutch. Yeah, that was a big thing because I joined Song, being extremely attracted to Dan and that was my first r real test. Yes. Is that I, am I here for my calling or am I here for a husband? And that was something I needed to deal with first, is to say, Lord, cast all aside. And funny enough, just as I was about to get in the car to leave to go to England, my grandmother was there, who was an incredible prayer warrior. And she said goodbye to me and she said, Charlene, I've got a word for you. And I said, oh, Gran, I, I, not now, because she's always got some kind of word. Not now, Gran, I can't. I, she said, listen to me. The Lord says, do not awaken love before it pleases. Ah, from Song of Solomon. Yes. Never, ever knowing. She had no idea that I was going to struggle with this. And uh, so that's a whole journey on itself, how Dan and I had to uh, become friends and conducted our union very, uh, with much purity because of our backgrounds yes. with girls and guys. And thank God we were both still virgins. Incredible. Yeah. Um, but yes, I started my calling with Vine Song, very much still needing to learn how to become mature, how to. So I was just there. John was clearly told by the Lord I should not talk from the stage, mm -hmm. but just sing. Just, and yeah. that's now 18 years later. It's amazing. And here I am with a wonderful husband a wonderful, beautiful boy, Reuben, 
Dan is now leading the team of Vinesong. And yeah. I, I've had the most incredible mentor in, in John who taught me how to make a very clear, very clear line between singing and worship. Just talk to us a little bit about that because worship we know is so vital. Yeah. But so many people want to sing because they have the talent. Right. So just spell it out for yeah. us a bit. I know that I know that when that prophetic word came, that I'm allowing your daughter to make a turn in Egypt as he did yeah. Moses. Because I needed to see what entertainment's all about so mm -hmm. that I don't do it. I realize now that you, we, we have to be so different from the entertainment world. Yes. Yes. And the number one magnet for the anointing is purity. And the Lord wants a pure bride. He's coming back for a pure bride, yes. not a tainted bride. And there is a real spirit among worship leaders and worship teams, a spirit of immorality. And that's something that Dan and I had to deal with when, when we eventually decided to court. We didn't kiss until the day we were married. And we needed to cast that aside and say, Lord, we, we're all, we are running after purity like Joseph. Joseph was the only one who was chosen in all, as all the, the main men in the Bible who, who ran away from, yes. from immorality. Yes. And he was the only one that yeah. ended well. When you think of uh, um, Solomon, funny enough. You are uh, quite. Hmm. Mm. And uh, Samson, how sad is that, you know, immorality. Yes. He struggled with that. David yeah. struggled with immorality. All yeah. these big guys. Worship is Satan's playground. Yes. It's his number one playground. And he knows exactly which buttons to push and we don't understand the power we have as worshippers we have a key to open the door for the anointing yes. the fire revival healing there's no um, greater backlash on anybody except the worship teams pastors have because they're reaching the word I understand that but they have the greatest attack worship teams Worship is a lifestyle. That's right. Yes. It's not just on the stage. No. So we as a team conduct ourselves in a lifestyle of worship mm. from beginning to end. Yes. So that when we're on the stage, there's no fakeness. You stand on that stage and you are who you are there and you are on the stage. And that brings the anointing, the anointing, the anointing, yes. the Holy Spirit. Yeah nothing to do with entertainment or character or anything else. It's your personality has to leave. There's so much That's I can fantastic. share. That's <laughs> fantastic. I know, I know my subject too. <laughs> Wonderful. I know you are a yeah. worshipper. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so as you look back on that young life and as you were due to come out and you know you were struggling with shall you do the show or not, Right. what would you say to your young self now? Yeah. I would say, don't despair, trust him. I was a very broken girl. Yeah. yeah. I was so lost. I just say, he loves you. 
just just be aware that he loves you. Mm. There's nothing like the love of Jesus that can change your life. Yeah. And I think spending time with the Holy Spirit, spend time with him. That's where you find your strength. When you're on the stage, it's really just your closet in a bigger way. Mm. Because from your closet, you're in a place where you are. But you're not pandering to the crowd. You're, you're just, your closet has just grown a little bigger. And you're still with the Holy Spirit. Yes. And I always imagine the angels, just the angels. It's my opportunity to have my little heavenly experience because I always wanted to just go to heaven. <laughs> and I just would yeah. say to my younger self, Yes. I, I ask him to show him that he's real to you. Mm. Yeah. Oh, that's inspirational. Thank you. And I, I trust that that's a great help to all who are not only worship leaders, but in the worship team. And uh, yes, thank you, Charlene, for that. Now, would you just pray for anybody who's been moved by this testimony that you've shared with us. Uh, I mean, you have so many stages you've gone through yeah. in your life. Yeah. But you know, we all struggle with these yeah, things, yeah. don't we? So yeah. particularly calling and... Absolutely. If, if that is where you are right now, and if that is you feeling rejected, you're feeling lonely, you're feeling so hopeless, you're saying, I've got so much to give. Where do I start? He knows your pain. He knows you. You bear his name. The Bible says you have been surnamed and don't despair. I just see how the Lord carried me when I look back and I think, wow, I didn't have to do anything on my own. I was such a mess and he found me where I was. And just in the words of Brennan Manning, he loves you for who you are and not for who you should be. He loves you. Just be yourself. Cry out to him. Even if you, you know, just break down before him because he doesn't want a, a fake you. He wants you as you are. So Holy Spirit, we ask you right now to come with your mighty, beautiful, strong presence. Envelop every person listening to my voice, watching this program, to touch them in a new way. Give them a peace that is beyond understanding. Thank you for a great healing that's about to be poured out on their heads right now in the name of Jesus. Father, thank you that you send the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, the one with the compassion to minister to them and your healing angels to come and bring peace and healing, Lord, and a clear vision of what you want in, to do in their lives, Father. Thank you for being the one and only living God that still to this day provides a way for us to live this life, not on our own strength, but through your strength in our weakness. Help us to become comfortable with the uncomfortable and to become comfortable with weakness so that your strength can be made perfect. In the name of Jesus, amen.
Charlene, that's so powerful. Thank you so much for being with us today and for sharing with us so deeply. And crying. And crying, indeed. God bless you. <laughs> Thank you, you too. Love you, Jen. Love you too. <laughs> Will you give Jesus a big round of applause?